one shown is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 124 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, everything in between, and as always part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day, the best Bills content out there, YouTube, Facebook, wherever. It's a takeover at Built in Buffalo underscore we are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, we're off from the break. What's going on? NFL draft. Matt, this requires a little participation that's expected here. So I'll start again. <laughs> I'm going to say NFL draft, and you're going to go. See, you knew it. All right. Ready from the bitch. top. Here we go. <laughs> from the top. Here we go. NFL draft. Bop, bop, bop. Correct. Yes. Okay. There was required. Yes. Nailed it. Participation. Nailed it. Now here we go. Here we go. The We're prospects right never pan out as good. As good. As good. <laughs> Some get the shaft. Bah, bah, bah. While others are destined to be bust. We see in two weeks. Matt, how are you? <laughs> Instead of doing a bah, 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 I should have done bust, bust, bust. Ooh, yes. Good punch A little up. too late. Too little too late. Too little too late. We run it live. We can't edit this. We can't edit. No, there's no going back. This is live. No. This is that's real. Right. This is raw. This is re- that's how we do it. <laughs> Out to the world. Tony, I'm on I'm on a little kick here, and I, I think I have you to blame because you oh, mentioned you this a couple episodes ago. I am in the weeds. I am addicted to retro bowl. Oh, yep, I've been there. And I, I mean, I am there, but I've been there when it's like, you look at your life and you're like, mm, this probably is too much retro bowl. It's way too much. If you go through four seasons like I have in like two nights, yeah, it's a little too much. Retro bowl, for those who don't know, is a, a very reminiscent of tech mobile, mobile phone game. It's incredible. Like I am... <laughs> I'm straight addicted every night. I'm I'm at least going through two seasons. It's so good. Oh my, so good, it so is. good, <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> it's retro bowl because the games are just so like they go so fast. They're so bite sized, right? Because you and don't then have to you play get defense. the you just right. click through defense, right? So then you get the reward center of your win or even your loss, and it's just like, well, right. I got one more in me. It's going to be like seven minutes. Exactly. It's a it's a huge addiction. Mm-hmm. I love the player morale well. system. I've never heard it or considered it been described as a system. So tell tell me like what's the system? The system is the players get mad at me and I have to boost their morale. That's a system. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. There's a start I... in a in a means and to an end. 
That, I'd say that's considered reclassified yeah. as a system. I agree. I would, I would say that's a system. I thought you were talking about how the system being that when they're at like the, either the peak of more exceptional morale, like the peak morale or the lowest of morale when they're toxic, that, that gives a bonus um, to a particular trait. Like they're like, they get a bonus of speed if they're at an exceptional morale, if they're right. at uh, toxic morale, they get a bonus on uh, how they're like, how hard they hit. Yes. I, I, I do appreciate that. Although I do feel like if they're at a toxic morale, they're if they're not happy with their current status i don't think there's any difference in their play it's not like they're i I feel like the game should be like well whoever joe john doe wide receiver is upset with his role on the team he he, he's sitting out the offseason until he gets a new contract or something i feel like it should go more into it oh absolutely i would love it i would love it to go that deep to say players are holding out That'd There's a great. few things I would absolutely love. Yeah. In, but it, in terms it, it of, is in a terms great of game. The depth. It, it does take me Very, back to my technical nostalgic days. For sure. There's an element because, you know, all the players are fake and uh, you go through the season so fast. Like for me, it's like the addiction to the off season as well. So because it's so fast, it's like, well, I can just, I'm almost at the off season. Like I can get, I can get to the draft pretty soon as we will on this show and in real life. Right. I can get to the draft. Right. <laughs> I can get to the draft pretty soon. So like, I'm going to go there and that will help me boost my team or bring my team into a new generation. Exactly. Just and like really, the real draft. Like you really think about your long-term planning. Yes, it really is. Yeah, you do. You're playing the long game here. I've slowly improved my record due to my, my shrewd drafting technique. a la Brandon Bean. I'm very Brandon Bean-esque yes. in retro. <laughs> yeah. I had to do that too. Like my first five seasons, I was like, I'm like, this team's not good, but, it, you got to play the long game to really build your dynasty. Right, right. That, that's, and then that's you cruise, key. baby. Brandon Bean taught us well. Brandon Bean taught us well. <laughs> we can translate to the fictitious game of Retro Bowl. Now, Tony, with Retro Bowl, I have some stars on the team, but I also have some overrated players. Some guys who maybe uh, are three stars who are just not performing as well as I'd like them to. Tony, I thought to kick off so our annoying. draft season. So annoying. So annoying. To kick off our draft season, hashtag draft SZN, bring it back. And because it's draft season, the NFL draft's two weeks away. I thought for our first draft season of the Way Not Funny Sports podcast this year, we would do the most overrated, fictitious athletes, whether it's movies, video games. Let's give our top three choices of the most overrated, fictitious athletes. Okay, Tony, would you like I'm to ready. do the honors? Yes, I will do the honors because I have a strong emotion in oh. for one athlete that I would like to draft first off. Okay, go ahead. I think that a terribly overrated athlete is the water boy himself, Bobby Boucher. Wow, coming in hot right out of the gates. A one-trick pony, completely ridiculous in terms of what they're asking of him and his, <laughs> his trick, his trait, it doesn't matter, Matt, how hard you hit someone. If they're down, right. it doesn't matter if you knock them down with your pinky finger or if you go Matt Milano to Mike White on their ass and destroy them. Yes. If, if they tackle, they tackle. I don't care how hard you hit. The tackle is the tackle. So I could don't, do not care about Bobby Boucher messing up people's rib cages and heads. He would only survive and thrive in a Greg Williams defense, but without, <laughs> yes. without the a mental game, game defense. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Without yes. the mental game, he brings 
minimal skills to the table. He's not reading anything. It's <laughs> no, all it's he, all luck and hit or miss. He would be terrible in a Sean McDermott zone defense. Yes. For as much as he would have to think about schemes and coverages and where to be, especially in the passing game, Bobby Boucher would be out of the league in like two years. Oh, yeah. Easily. It would be... Now, do you think the closest real life that we have to Bobby Boucher is Sean Merriman? Oh, that's that's interesting. I never thought. Who is the closest <laughs> comparison to Bobby Boucher? Yeah, who's the real Just life like, Bobby Boucher? I was going to say like... Um, I would say like a James Harrison, just like a okay. crazy person <laughs> or like a Vontez <laughs> Burfitt. Yeah. Like, yes, uh, he's a crazy person. So that, yes, that like adds up crazy to a certain person. extent, but he also <laughs> grew as an athlete. I feel like Bobby Boucher, like Bobby Boucher comes into the league and I feel like there's not growth. Like, I feel like it's not a matter of like, well, he needs to have a good training camp and develop. I, I don't think Bobby Boucher is developing. Yeah. I could see that. Also, also like, do you, ever, do you ever read those stories of like the twenty-year-old who is in his fourth year of high school who can still play high school ath- athletics? I feel like Bayou Boucher definitely fit into that kind of camp. Like Bayou Boucher was a twenty-six-year-old playing with twenty-one. <laughs> like he was like physically just more mature than everyone else on the field. That is a good I, I point. Yeah, I always got that feeling. I always got that feeling that like he was a he was the man playing with the youngsters. You ever see those stories of like people trying to like con their way on an AAU basketball team? Yeah, or in the Little League World Series, we see that. Yeah, of course. Daniel Monte budgeting right. his birth certificate. Yeah, I could totally see Bayou Boucher being in that category. We don't know his age. Do we ever establish that? I don't think so. I don't think Bayou Boucher himself knows his age. I don't think that the uh, exactly. birth certificate system of the Bayou is, <laughs> right. is that regimented to, to be able to do <laughs> That's that. What I'm Down in the Bayou. I agree. I agree. I agree. The Bayou birth registry is not that proficient. Right. Uh, great first pick, Bobby Boucher from The Waterboy. Tony, my first pick. I don't know if this is a theme. I'm going with an Adam Sandler movie as well. Oh, huh? But I'm gonna I am gonna go with for my first pick, one Mr. Derek Peterson, better known to the world as Chubbs. Oh, okay. Now, Chubbs, now Derek, when we first yes. get introduced to him, says Sports Illustrated named him the next Arnold Palmer. But we also see him at a driving range when he first discovers Happy. And he's with a lowly middle-aged woman who is absolutely terrible. And Chubbs is just sitting there not helping her get better, nor is he trying to in any way, shape, or form. And you know why, Tony? Because he can't. There. Because he isn't actually a good golfer. He can't help this woman get better, nor does he care to help him because he doesn't know how to. I don't think Chubbs is a good golfer. I think he's the classic cliche of dressing the part, the the old sports trope of dressing the part to make people think he is a good athlete. You throw on some pantaloons and a cardigan and that newsboy hat. I mean, anyone who sees that outfit would be like, that must be a good golfer. I don't think yeah. Chubbs is that good of a golfer. Yeah, did we ever see Chubbs even take a stroke? No, there was no flashback scene of anything. Mm, the only mm-hmm. the only indication of Chubbs playing golf we got is his story of how he lost his hand, which also goes to my point of he's not a good golfer because the way he lost his hand is he hooked a shot 
that was so bad that it ended up near a lake and an alligator bit his hand off. If Chubbs was a good golfer, he would know he would not be near that lake. He would never hook that shot. He would hit it right down the fairway. That's a Chubbs fair point. A golfer. You know, sometimes the best coaches are the bad athletes because they had to sure. learn and develop. You don't want to get Ed Reed syndrome. You just don't you just don't have the empathy for someone who's developing because you had so much natural talent yourself. There's nothing in that movie in Happy Gilmore that indicates that Chubbs is a good golfer. When we see Chubbs in his office, is there a bunch of trophies or not? I don't I don't I remember that. When he gives his only gift he gives to Happy, a hockey stick putter, wouldn't a good golfer try to teach Happy how to use a real golf putter? Not try to cheat the system or circumvent mm. the system by giving him this hockey stick custom thing. I'm just saying. Right. Happy's got all That's the tools a- to be the greatest golfer in the world. He hits the ball 400 yards on a dime. In his first tournament, he hit a hole-in-one on like a par five. But yet, throughout the whole hour and a half of that movie, it's Happy just reverting back to being a hockey player, reverting back to being a really poor golfer because Chubbs can't teach him how to be a good one. I mean, I have no reason to think that he is. I don't even know if I have a reason to think he's a good coach. It's all in the hips. He might be a creepo. I mean, it's he's all got in that the wooden hips. hand. He's, him. he's getting physical mm. with these people. That's I true. Mean, is Chubbs a danger to society? Possibly. Absolutely. What role has Carl Weathers Speaking had of- that isn't a danger to society? I suppose. Oh, uh-huh. Creed, Predator. Anything. Tony, your number two pick. My number two pick. So I'm doing a little math on this one. And that's what kind of like leads me there. The man was born in 1961. In 2008, I'm expected to believe that he can play professional basketball. I'm talking about Ed Monix, played by Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Woodrow Tracy Harrelson in semi-pro. As he gets traded to the Flint Tropics, how did this guy become a member of this league even? How is he even playing beyond the 40-plus rec league in the high school gym? Right. He wasn't good on his old team. He's not good on this team. Just his presence in the league makes him insanely overrated. What the hell is going on with this person being rostered, continuing his career in professional basketball in a circumstance where that is your only job? This isn't like you're in the NLL and like you have a day job and then you come play lacrosse. This is, this is, he's making a a living. Right, exactly. A la Johnny Tavares. Right. But uh, now I'm supposed to believe that Woody Harrelson, balding at the age of 47, is keeping up with... Andre Benjamin. (laughs) Right. Coffee black Twiggy Brunson. This is what what you think is happening? You think B.B. Ellis belongs on the same team as Ed Monix? Come on. Overrated. You know what's amazing, too? You know what's amazing? 20 years, 25 years later, still can't jump. Woody Harrelson still can't jump. You think he would learn just how to jump? I was actually going to say that. Right. I was going to say that, like, 20 years before this, I was I was led to believe that he was playing basketball in such a way that was potentially he's keeping up, except for, of course, his inability to jump based on his ancestry. I think Woody Harrelson but, just has, like, a fascination with basketball. He's a white man can't jump. He's in semi-pro. He's in this new movie, Champions, which he's a basketball coach. I was just going to say. He's trying, he's trying to live oh, an uh-huh. alternate life here. Yeah, I could see that. Woody Harrelson gives a vibe right. of like basketball fan. He gives he gives like yeah. a, a Lakers game vibe. Yeah. The other the other question I have is why was like Jackie so infatuated with 
Right. There was no indication that he was a good player. Right. Seemed to know what what encompassed a good player because he had coffee black on the team and everything. Yo, what what was his infatuation? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't get it. <laughs> it's over. He's overrated. <laughs> Tony, my number two choice. I I feel like this is a shoe in. This is the ultimate overrated fictitious athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm surprised mm-hmm. he wasn't your number one choice, Charlie Conway from the Mighty Ducks. You know. He's a role player. Can I call him overrated? I mean, I don't know. To but you and I me, look he's forward a role to hearing player. The argument. I look forward to, to you hearing and me. Argument. He's okay. a role player. The movie makes him out to be the hero. Like he's supposed to be the main kid, which is telling me like he should be the Adam Banks. He should be the best player on the team. Mm. The story is all about Charlie Conway. It's not about Jesse Hall and Adam Banks. It, you could say it's about the team and the group of kids, but Charlie's the main kid. Like Gordon Bombay takes to Charlie the most. He sees the most in him and Charlie, or him from his playing days, I should right. say. Not right. his, his lawyer days in Charlie. But nothing throughout three movies tells me Charlie Conway is a good player. I mean, if you were a good player, Tony, would you voluntarily sit out of maybe the most important game of your life? For a kid you just found on the street in Russ Tyler? No, you wouldn't. If you're a good player, yeah. you want to help your team. And in this case, your country, you're representing your entire country. If you were good, you wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll just coach this game so other kids can play. Very valiant, but I wouldn't do that. And if I was a coach and I knew Charlie Conway was a star, I wouldn't let him do it. I'd be like, get out there. We need you. We need you to win this game. So Charlie Conway is overrated. Might be anti-American, might hate the USA, <laughs> probably a Russian an, spy. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's he is a Russian asset here to ruin an Icelandic or should I say, in the I was Ducks just gonna world. say an Icelandic asset. He's an Icelandic <laughs> asset. They dyed his so, hair. His mom is blonde hair. Hmm, interesting. It's shady. Well, suspect. I mean, even in the first movie when he does the triple deke to win against the Hawks, like, does he even do it right? I don't know. It just I, looks like he's, a, he's, he's. Yeah, it just looks like he's skating he's and it. handling the puck. Yes, handling is the word I was searching for. There's no, there's no like moves, quote unquote. He's just like going back and forth. And if that's the triple D, then if we have an overrated list of fictitious movie sports moves, that's number one because <laughs> that is a terrible move. I don't get it. Yeah. Why does it, it need to be three Ds? I feel like a Jerry Seinfeld yeah. bit here. What's the deal with I, the 3Ds? Yeah, what are we like? What are you gaining from like if you don't get them? Because it's so long. Like it's not right. like the deke is gonna is gonna deke you yeah. out of your out of your skates. The goaltender, this is you know. Right, he's so like, far away from the goalie. The goalie's just standing there. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I mean. After the first deke, oh, first deke doesn't take. Second <laughs> deke, maybe that takes. Nope. No, third deke. No, the goaltender's just watching. Like, yeah, you're, right. you're only at the blue line. <laughs> There's only you're one still, required. You're still deep, 35 feet matter. away from the net. Yeah. That's- Charlie Conway, my second most overrated athlete from a movie, TV show, or video game. Tony, your third and final choice. My third, we only really have the supporting evidence here based on a very small sample size. But all I know is that. If you're hyped up as one of the best quarterbacks or the best quarterback in the league, and all you can show me is a 32-yard scramble and a bunch of incomplete passes, then you're not the best quarterback in the league. Only 10 players 
in 2021, and I know this because I took a, a deeper dive than necessary on this article that really charted everyone who was uh, in the replacements roster. 10 players scrambled for more than 30 yards in 2021. Josh did it twice, and then nine other players did it. None of those other players are anything to write home about. All Eddie Martell seems like is a middle-tier, maybe bottom-third quarterback because he's not physically demonstrating anything beyond what I see out of, like, Daniel Jones, I guess. Right. He's not lighting it up. So I got to say, Eddie Martell, supposedly the best quarterback in the league, not from what I saw. I'll take Shane Footsteps Falco all day. Lee Martell might have been the most disappointing, fictitious character ever in the movie. Wow. Disappointing? Which, like he's supposed to be the bad guy. What do you mean? But he came in like he was supposed to like win the playoff game and be this great quarterback. And he's terrible. Yeah. He's absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly, only does his team yeah. hate him. Like he's so bad, it makes... He hates himself. Dan, Dan Heller look like Peyton Manning. See, who do you think Dan Heller is, if we're giving comps? Is Dan Heller Doug Flutie? Well, in, in the context of second string, for those who didn't see second string, go on YouTube. It's free. It's awesome. And then, for the context and then of the movie, he's, to our he's episode, probably Doug Then listen to our episode Doug on Flutie. second string. Oh, yeah. Listen to our uh, How Did This Get Made episode on second string. Right. That's right. For the context of that movie, I, I think he, he's supposed to be Doug Flutie. If we were to modern day compare Dan Heller, I'm thinking like a Taylor Heineke. Okay. All right. He's got yeah. like Taylor Heineke vibes. But see, I wonder I wonder if Taylor Heineke is like only like we only think he has those vibes purely because he's just always like kind of like on kind of a bad offense, so he runs more out of necessity. Or like improvises more out of necessity, I should say. Right, right. D Martel. What a jerk. What a di- yeah, exactly. What I That's appreciate really- about what they did to sort of build his character is like usually when they want you to hate someone, they do a lot of work of working on their character to so show selfishness. Like they would show him like sexually harassing someone and then, you know, like running a red light. <laughs> and like they didn't have to do any of that with Eddie Martel. He's just he's just gonna be toxic in the locker room. And that's enough to make us say fifteen years later, what a jerk. He was a real jerk. I mean, even when he left, he's like yelling at Falco like how he's an all-pro quarterback with Super Bowl rings and Falco will just only be a replacement player. Right. Like, that's a jerk thing to say, especially especially when, like, the whole team is against you in that moment. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, really, you're really trying to, to stroke your ego with that one. Yeah, a lot of, based out of really a lot of insecurities, you think he would really um, pursue some help. <laughs> he I want him need, to pursue he some, help. some help. Tony, my third and final choice, I feel like this is... For lack of a better pun, a slam dunk pick, and that's Ernest oh. from Slam Dunk Ernest. Mm, good point. I didn't the think man is not a good athlete. No. Mm. I got a good honorable mention now that I just thought of that I'm disappointed I didn't draft. But okay, yeah, Ernest, not an athlete, not a good prisoner. Not an athlete, <laughs> not a good prisoner, not a, not a good uh, visitor to Africa. No, no, who no. is? No, I mean, that was... A rough, that would not pass that movie or just goes to Africa. Oh. That would not pass oh. today. Let's just say that. No, I, I don't know that that I've ever seen that one. And I don't think I want no. to. You don't want to. We get Ernest when we talk about Ernest. Ernest, not so a good So I've athlete. never he seen find, this movie. He finds a pair of sneakers. It's pretty much the plot to like Mike, except yep. Bow Wow okay. is in the Ernest role. Okay. So Ernest gets like magical sneakers from a, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar angel. 
becomes like an amazing basketball player. First of all, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not dead, so making him the angel is is I thought was a little off-putting. Uh-huh. Fair enough. It makes you sense. Could, you could make it like an actor playing Will Chamberlain or somebody, like somebody mm-hmm. who's actually like a legend of the past who's no longer with us. But that that's pretty much the movie. I mean. It's earnest. He gets some magic sneakers that make him a good basketball player and hijinks ensue and it's not good at all. And it's pretty much like any other in this movie. It does not okay. hold up. Wow. What was the movie? Is it Sandlot that there's like Babe there's like a Babe Ruth Angel and it's played no, by Sandlot. Uh, I don't really know the name of that actor, but which one has like oh yeah, Legend Yeah, it's Sandlot. Legends never die. He has the Babe Ruth ball. Right. So why does he get visited by a Babe Ruth angel? Because he has the Babe Ruth signed autograph ball and uh, the dog eats it, right? And that brings the angel to him? Or is that like yeah, a... I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Why not? I got to tell you, I think Sandlot's a movie I think is overrated overall. So whatever. Oh, wow. The, the, sh- the shots totally. have been fired. Yeah. The shot has We're been talking fired. about Ernest. We might as well... Yeah, you're right. We might as well fire We're talking shot about Ernest. After shot here. <laughs> We're talking Ernest. <laughs> It's just the worst movie, like many of the Ernest series is. And, uh, you know, he's portrayed as a great athlete because he has magic powers. And he's just a, a goofy, uh, skinny white dude. Tony, don't watch Ernest. Slam dunk Ernest. Don't watch, don't watch any Ernest. Just know it exists and send it out of your mind forever. I basically had until this conversation. It's good. Keep it that way. Uh, Tony, any honorable mentions real quick before we get into some bills nfl draft talk i'm just surprised at myself overall and at our draft that we drafted no animals oh that that was one of my honorable mentions oh okay yes was it uh air butt or was it some sort of monkey it was neither it was sea biscuit oh oh because he's a horse oh. who cares the horse doesn't care i hate horse racing yes <laughs> it's dumb yes okay Not portraying sea biscuit as it's an a athlete. horse he's a horse this is a good take this is how I feel also. <laughs> it always bothers me when they like put the flowers on the horse after he wins. I'm like, it's a freaking horse. He doesn't know what the frig is going on. He doesn't care. <laughs> Give him some food and call it a day. That's all he wants anyway is that reward of the food. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need the pop and circumstance of like right. putting him in the winner's circle and putting a, you know, a lay on him of flower. Like he's a horse. Get out of here. I got some hot t- sea biscuit <laughs> and horse racing takes. I was going to say, it sounds like a very gets passionate. Me, gets me fired up. Yes. Not even in the same uh, category of like what I was thinking when you were said you like Airbud? that you had an animal. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like Airbud, MVP, most valuable primate. You know, that's a good one. I don't know those two, basically. I'm just surprised yeah. that we did not go in that direction. Any- they probably were overrated because yeah. they're animals playing sports. Because they're animals. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's overrated. Any kid going against those animals. Like, you can't beat an animal at basketball, kid. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Come on. If, if I were playing against Air Bud and Air Bud's dropping 30 on me, like St- Steph Curry, I'm quitting, like, immediately. That sport. Yeah. I'm just admitting to myself yeah. I'm not good enough to play this if this dog is destroying me and, and calling it a day and moving on to, I don't know, becoming an artist or something because sports isn't my thing. Yeah, I'm going to join, like, Project Lead the Way or something. Something that really takes me right off of that spectrum. I'm going to volunteer for a political campaign. <laughs> Exa- yeah. Yeah. A lot of like work with away the ACLU. From maybe yeah. in the future. Give me away from sports. This animal just took me to, to school. I had Seabiscuit. The, the only other one I had was Bill Murray from Space Jam. Yep. Thought about that. Because you wear, that was just because you wear a backwards hat 
shirt under your jersey and you come in like the savior who's going to beat the monsters. It's not how it works, Bill Murray. Sorry. <laughs> Bill Murray really carried that movie. You think so? I mean, Michael Jordan, not that great. No. As an actor. Did he act in anything else besides the Haynes commercials? That's a good question. I don't think he was ever hmm. in another movie. Yeah, I don't think so either. Was he in like a Blue okay. Chips or something? I'm trying to think. I don't think Ooh, so. I feel like everyone was in Blue Chips. That's what's tough about it. Yeah, I know. Or he got game. Love and basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's are overrated. Uh, I also thought like Bo Jackson on Tecmo Super Bowl. If we're going to go like not movies. Oh, uh-huh. Right. Because, I was like, trying to think of like a video game situation. Yeah. If you master the weave, anybody is good in Tecmo Super Bowl or Tecmo Bowl. Right. You don't need to be like a primo stats, speed, fastest guy in the game, most strength, most ability to break tackle. Like just master the weave. Whether you're Bo Jackson or mm-hmm. you're Jamie Mueller, it doesn't matter. I guess in like, what would it be like NHL 94, if you could master the wraparound goal? Yes, the wraparound goal then was you become clutch. immediately the overrated player. Yeah, absolutely it was. Yeah. It was like the whole thing. Then, and then it you're transformed up into... You're putting a Holzinger. Yeah, right. Like Michael Groshek's getting hat tricks every game. Right. Then it transformed into... It went from the wraparound goal in 94 to like... In the early 2000s, instead of wrapping around, you would go down the side and then cut it in front of the goalie. And that was like a guaranteed goal every time. And then it turned into just like a one-timer. Like NHL yeah, is, I was going to say like, the one-timers was it. Yeah, NHL has a cheat code. I feel like if you can master like a single move in an NHL game, you're golden. Mm-hmm. So It's always uh, one. Listener, yeah. There's always one. It's just one. <laughs> listeners, that's our list. No, we'll put it on Twitter. Let us know what you think. If you have any we miss. Let us know. But Tony, you know, is not overrated. Marv Levy. One of the greatest books underrated of all time. Anything. Underrated. Underrated coach. Underrated singer, for sure. Yes. Man's got a golden voice. You ready to throw it to Marv? Talk some bills and NFL draft two weeks away. I will let you throw it to coach himself. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Good talk. Go, go. Bills fight. Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Before we get into mock draft, NFL draft talk, Bills made one big move. They brought Shaq back. Shaq Fu, Shaq is back. I I always wanted to say that Shaq is back. And now we get to say it twice because it's the Mm -hmm. second time he's back. How do you feel about this move? Another one-year deal. We have, I think, six now NFL caliber. Not saying good edge rushers, but NFL caliber. Okay. And rushers on this team, which I don't know if it's great roster construction from Brandon Bean. It feels like too much, but you got Vaughn coming off an ACL injury. He won't be back till probably later. Tredavious White kind of schedule timeline comeback there. Won't be back till later in the year. And you got a lot of guys on probably a make it or break it year. AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham. And if they don't make it this year, they're not making it anywhere, I feel like. So I feel like Shaq is just back as insurance policy he played really well last year and when he was uh put into the starting lineup i, I thought he was solid is he ever going to give you the pressure of the quarterback collapse the pocket consistent threat to make a big play no but he, he's going to give you solid value for a low cost 
a la Brandon Bean's every single free agency move, it feels like, or 95% of Brandon Bean's free agency moves, low risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with it. I like him as a player. I like him as a locker room presence. I like him as a personality. I'm good with Shaq being back. How do you feel? No qualms here. Uh, I think it's natural in my mind anyway that if Jordan Phillips is back, then Shaq also is supposed to be on the team so that they can eat together. I mean, no problems here. Yeah, he's good enough for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they can metaphorically eat together. No problems here. I mean, my thing is, so will it be exactly the same lineup of edge rushers as it was last year? I mean, I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks, but that's the only thing that's just like, oh, okay, like the pass rush wasn't good last year, and now we're just like, it's literally every single same person. So in that sense, it's like a little bit demoralizing, but we'll see what happens. There's a lot of offseason left. I don't have a problem with Shaq in a vacuum, though. Yeah, no, I I think that's perfectly stated. I agree with every point. And and also for the defensive tackle position, because they're just running it back. And you kind of think, well, the run defense wasn't great last year. So why are we just running back the same? And Mm -hmm. I think they're really banking on the fact that this defense is going to look schematically, maybe mentally different than Leslie Frazier's defense with Sean McDermott running it now, maybe mm. a more aggressive mm-hmm. style, maybe. And, you know, maybe these players, they just weren't getting the most out of them in Leslie Frazier's kind of bend but don't break system. So that that's the only reason I can think they're running it completely back, which they are essentially, unless they draft someone, which we'll get into in a bit here. But so you're right, that is a little demoralizing that they have these faults that have seemed to be faults of theirs, run defense, creating pressure when you're not named Von Miller from the edge position. And they've had these faults for, say, a good two, three years now consistently. And you just kind of run back the same thing. Like, what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again, right? Maybe Brandon B and Sean McDermott are just a couple insane guys. And we're just along for the ride. Maybe they're looking at how many wins did we have last year? Would it be 15 total? 14, uh, right? 14. So 14 wins. I mean, that's impressive. Maybe they're just thinking that way. Like, well, we should run it back because we won 14 games and that's really good. Yeah. So I don't know that's their mindset, I, but I think they're, I think Brandon like, Bean, when you, result. when he talks, you have the impression that he truly believes that all the extra stuff from last year and we don't need to go down the list, but all the demoralizing things that happened around the team, to the team, to the city, were a catalyst for them not getting over the final hurdle of getting mm, that big playoff mm-hmm. win against a Bengals or a Chiefs quality opponent. When Brandon Mead talks, it, it, sound, it sounds like he truly believes like the same team, if they run it back, can be Super Bowl contenders and Super Bowl winners. And you know, maybe he's right. They, you're right. They did win 13 games in the regular season last year. For the past three years, they've made it to at least the divisional round. And they're right there. It's at most two games away from the Super Bowl. Right. So what's to what's to think like a couple breaks don't go their way or that, that they're right there. So there's two sides to the coin here, I feel like. The one side is, you know, the pessimistic side of like, oh, we're running this back. Really? We were all just super pissed off three months ago mm-hmm. of how this season ended, and you're just going to run it back with the same roster, essentially. Or there's the optimistic side of like, yeah, they went through all this shit, 
and also injuries. Like when he talks about Gabe Davis and if he can be a number two Mm -hmm. receiver, he talks about, you know, Gabe Davis played hurt and Vaughn went down and that was a big, just getting healthy at the right time kind of optimism to his talk as well. And maybe to our fan mentality as well. So I'm more of like the pessimist, of course, but I like to put like stop guards into my pessimism. I'll always be pessimistic, but give me like reason to start to fade to the optimistic side. (laughs) And if you just run it back, you're not giving me any reason to to switch sides. Pretty much is my thinking. Like, give me something exciting. I'm not saying go make a Von Miller splash, but go trade for Buda Baker. Go trade for Devin White. Give me something to get the juices going here. And I think that relates not only to me as a fan, but I would think would relate to the players in the locker room as well. Yeah, they've built this camaraderie with each other and they're all friends and it's this close-knit group as we've come to know, and hopefully that's still the case, despite disappointing results at the end of the past two, three seasons. In the end, of course. But I think the players would want like a a jolt of energy with a new face or a new attitude or just a new voice in the locker room. I, I think the worst thing in sports is to become like kind of middling and, and monotonous of like, yes, yeah, we're good and we're just going to stay good. And, and I think there needs to be some natural like ebb and flow to being champions. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's like every team that's been a champion has gone through that. Like, yeah, you rebuilt through the draft you landed josh there's your ebb and flow and the disappointments but you know you gotta you gotta put a jolt into it to get back to a peak and and not just remain at kind of the status quo so i don't know it's weird to think like i like Shaq. i like the guys they brought back like i like jordan phillips when he's healthy but is it just time for some new fresh voices and faces and blood in that locker room i think there's an addiction that we feel in the off there's an off-season like addiction situation that always happens of you want something really exciting to happen you see it with other teams you know what it feels like because we've had von miller signed and mario williams signed and to signed we're looking for that hit of adrenaline we're looking for that drug to satisfy so when there's an off-season like this that isn't designed it's just like oh all right well, we're probably going to be not anything exciting because I have no reason to be excited. Are we asking for too much as fans? Yes. Like we went through so that's many the, years of drought, terrible teams, and being kind of the laughing stock of the league. Is Brandon Bean's mentality of like, well, these this fan base went through so many years of crap. As long as they're consistently good, which they are, this team is consistently good, mm-hmm. we should be happy with that. At least we're not in 18 years of playoff drought football i mean i think the idea of quote-unquote consistently good is eventually you'll hit it like if you're good enough to hit it eventually you're gonna you're gonna do it but if we never do should we be okay with that no i don't think we should be okay with that how long is josh's contract 10 years i don't know infinity i think it's 10 infinity it's not something we worry about yeah so let's say josh's career lasts 12 more years he plays till he's in the Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Manning range, late 30s. Uh-huh. And they make the playoffs every year, but they never win one. Never win one. But they make the playoffs every mm-hmm. year, and they're consistently 12-5, and 11-6 or better. Would you deem Brandon Bean's reign, and say Brandon Bean's the GM this whole time and McDermott's the coach this whole time, as long as Josh is the quarterback, they're all staying together and staying with the organization. Like, would you deem this regime as an as a success if that was the case? Yes, I would, because 
we have Marv singing as our theme song. We have <laughs> that era that we deem a success to a point of maybe maybe too too much. But the standard's been set of in terms of the criteria of what a success of what success means and looks like. And what you're describing is is that. So yeah, it's it's gotta be a success. When we're all in Canton and we see that gold jacket go on many of these players and we see the red, white, and blue behind them and behind their bust. Yeah, how do you not say success to that? Who do you think from the Bills currently is Hall of Fame worthy? Josh, Diggs, Vaughn. Vaughn, but does does Vaughn actually go in as a Bill? But I was gonna say he wouldn't no. I don't think he would go in as a Bill, right. but you never know. He's like, on a long contract. I don't know. That, that feels like it, right? Josh and Diggs. I'm just like quickly running through the roster. I guess. Yeah. I feel like to predict anybody else is I'm really just, I'm really just hoping for a wild card, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think those are the, the only shoe ins. Right. So I think it's okay to be frustrated when a guy like Shaq Lawson, when a guy like Jordan Phillips comes back, Tim Settle comes back because I feel like there is a, what have you done for me lately? And if lately is Jordan Phillips is always heard and you know, Shaq's good, not great. And Tim Settle is John McCargo 2.0 where he flashed and flashed very little at that. There, There is a reason to, to be mad at, at these moves Brandon Bean has made. So, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But I, I feel like there and by there, I mean the front office, McDermott, the coaching staff, like they're okay with running it back. And yeah. I'm intrigued to see how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together because if you had the pieces last year and you couldn't make it work, is it just a consistency thing? Is it a is it a camaraderie thing where it's like, oh, these guys are majority of the core minus Tremaine Edmonds is back this year. Plus you have Tr- Tredavious White back a full year. Plus you have Micah Hyde back. Like just these these pieces we had to put off to the side because maybe they got some water damage or something. Now they're all dried up and we can put them back in the puzzle and that's going to complete the puzzle. I, I feel like that's what they're thinking. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's also, I mean, we're tight on the cap and it's been designed this way. Like we are, we are in expensive Josh mode here. So yeah. that is maybe what they're thinking, or at least maybe how they're justifying it to themselves and others. Let me counter this with, to go back to the original question, what would it take for the non-players to make it in the hall of fame being McDermott and Bean? Do you think they have to win one at least? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, Marv didn't. Bill Polian. Well, I guess Bill Polian did later, but Bill Polian did with the the Colts, right? Yeah, yeah. But in my mind and in my heart, he's in the Hall of Fame. As I think a he's bill, in the Hall so... of Fame as a Bill, isn't he? That's how I think of it. Yeah, I don't know if executives work that way, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in terms of Marv, though, I mean, I think I think they have to do something that. And maybe I'm just speaking for McDermott here. Do something that no other coach has ever done. Marv is in it because he went to four straight Super Bowls, which is unheard Agreed. of. Agreed. And I think people have become more appreciative of this over time. To do that, to accomplish just getting to four straight Super Bowls, is a, a crazy accomplishment, <laughs> unheard of accomplishment. So that's why I feel like Marv is in it, despite not winning one. He achieved this amazing thing in his career of making it to four mm-hmm. straight. Most coaches don't even get to right. one. Most coaches don't even get past one season. Right. Marv had a long career so, and he got to four straight Super Bowls. It's pretty darn good. That's what I think, too. I think it takes something special for when it comes to yeah. a coach, unless you're going to win a bunch, you know? 
Right. For a good amount. I agree that I think that's what it takes. You know, you hear the stat that's going around that like McDermott is going to coach his hundredth and that puts him into a new category and he's the 13th winningest coach to have that. I mean, that sounds good, but it's still, I don't think it's enough. Yeah. I mean, we just I just picture like if Mike Tomlin never won a Super Bowl, but he still ran with that playoff streak of like whatever, 10 straight seasons making the playoffs. Like, I feel like that's a crazy good accomplishment that would put him or deem him Hall of Fame worthy. If the Bills were to never win one, at least for the next 10 seasons, plus the past four, so 14 straight seasons of making the playoffs, I think that's kind of Hall of Fame worthy, even though you never won a Super Bowl. You just need something that's unique. Yeah. Unique, yeah. You need something that's unique to the other coaches that are just like, well, that's a good coach, but they didn't do this. Right, exactly. That's a that's a great way to put it. Like mm-hmm. those other people are great coaches, but they didn't do what our coach did. Yeah, I think that's yes. the way to go. That's what it takes. Yeah, that's what it takes. Tony, let's get off the status quo. To get off the status quo, we can draft players that make an impact. When we are going into the draft this year, I think that is the key word. When I looked at the Chiefs last year winning the Super Bowl, every single rookie they drafted last year had some kind of role in that Super Bowl championship. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It was making a single play or seeing consistent percentage of snaps. Every Chiefs rookie contributed in some way to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. You look at the Bills in comparison, you have a first-round pick who didn't really see the field consistently until the final three weeks of the season. Nobody really made an impact. You have James Cook, who kind of made his way as a second-round pick, made his mark two-thirds and other way into the season. Like, that that cannot be the case this year for the Bills when it comes to the NFL draft. They only have six picks, so not a ton of draft capital, which is unheard of for Brandon Bean because he likes to build through the draft, draft, develop, mm-hmm. resign, except when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, which is okay. Mm-hmm. They, they need to hit on every pick, and while that's a very difficult task, I'm not saying hit as in all these players need to be all pros, but all these players need to have a role from week one, in my opinion. There's, there's no more slow playing these rookies. Like They need to come in, and they need to make an impact right away. And that that's the only goal that I want Brandon Bean to, to reach in this NFL draft. I would say fair goal because this is the weakest that I've seen a roster going into a draft in many, many mm-hmm. off-seasons. You know, usually Brandon Bean just signs as much depth as he can and then can draft the best player available in order to compete. We're going in there and just like, we're really hoping it falls our way. And if it doesn't, I don't know what we're going to do. So, and that plays to the point you're making that we we need all hits because these players need to be contributors because they're going to be contributors. There's no other option. And so it needs to hit. Otherwise, we're just not going to be good. At least at those points, at least at those positions. So there's been a lot of talk about wide receiver there's been a lot of talk about linebacker. I mean, th- there's some roles they could fill. They could fill the right tackle role mm-hmm. currently occupied by Spencer Brown. Maybe Brandon Bean goes with what he's been saying. Spencer Brown came in last offseason of being out of shape, maybe being gifted the right tackle position in his rookie year and then not taking it seriously going into his second year in terms of offseason preparation and things like that. And maybe that just transitioned throughout the season or or continued throughout the season. So I, I think they believe in Spencer Brown. So do they just, again, run with the status quo and hopefully Spencer Brown himself writes his own ship or do they draft a right tackle? 
um, to replace him and, and possibly upgrade that position? Or do they think they have a good right to, I, there's a lot of ways we can go, but Tony, let's get into it. We're using PFF for our mock draft. And before we get into it, do you feel like draft grades are unfair? Like Bill Simmons on his podcast always talks about the best picture award for the Oscars and how they should judge it three years after the movie was released to see Mm. which movie has staying power, which has longevity, which still resonates or has an impact on you as a viewer. Not just some like flash in the moment, like this is the new hotness movie of, of the, of the time. I feel like we should grade drafts like that. Like for example, AJ Epinesa as a second round pick, I thought that was a great value pick. A lot of mocks had him before the draft as a first round talent. Fast forward three, four years later now. I mean, he's not worthy of a second round pick. So maybe that's a podcast segment for the future of like looking back at these drafts, how they were graded back then at the time and, and what we think their grade should be now. I think that'd be a yes. cool podcast segment. We'll, we'll bookmark that one. All right. Okay. Well, that <laughs> sounds, start... like, uh, sounds like early July fodder. All right. We'll, we'll keep that in mind. Let's start this draft though, Tony. Bill's at pick 27. We'll just run it right now. And a couple options here at 27, Tony. We have a mm. couple tight ends, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer. Now, a lot of talk with the wide receivers. You got Zay Flowers. You got Quentin Johnson. You got a, a couple wide receivers out there who have caught at least Bill's fans' interest. Jordan Addison, USC. My favorite, Jackson Smith, the Jimba. I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's the only right. guy worthy of first round pick i think all these oh, other guys are, are just they're not guys but i really would worry about like a jalen rager situation where the, the eagles okay. drafted him too early and he never lived up to that first round hype and then he and ended up getting traded to the vikings this season you know zay flowers addison all these guys seem like the same player to me honestly mm. josh downs I would rather sit on it and maybe in the second round take a receiver. What are your thoughts? And you would expect a receiver here? I am of two minds about it. It seems like similar to you. I definitely have different grades than you do with some of the players that you mentioned. Um, There are very much receivers in our range that I like more than others. Smith and Jabez, he is like the number one. I would trade up for him if he fell far enough. If it came down for that, because I am putting a premium on getting a receiver. Basically, I have a premium getting a receiver and getting a linebacker. And after that, it's like, well, we, we could get someone and I'd be pretty into it. Uh, but it's very much dependent. I don't like Josh Downs. I do think you said that you're like lumping in Zay Flowers with Quentin Johnson. And that just like blew my mind. My well, They're two different players, obviously. <laughs> well, I know they're two different players, but I think Quentin Johnson is super good. And I think Zay Flowers oh, do you? is kind of meh. Yeah. Oh, we disagree wholeheartedly. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, All I right. think Quinn Johnson is like my, my biggest stay away, at least for a first round. Like, if wow. he drops to the second, third, then sure, go for it. Okay. For a guy his size, I don't think he uses his size well. Like, I don't think he positions his body well. He doesn't high point the ball. Like, he lets the ball come to him instead of going to get the ball, which scares the crap out of me. I guess when you have a quarterback like Josh, it, it quells it a little. Because Josh has such a cannon of an arm, it's like now the ball's going to get to the receiver regardless. Like the receiver doesn't have to go be aggressive and attack it because the arm strength's there and mm-hmm. the rockets are coming mm-hmm. from Josh. I've watched him and YouTube clips of him, and I, I'm just 
not like super impressed. He's a bigger guy. I don't think he's extremely fast for being a bigger guy. Like when he gets in the open field, he can make guys miss and he's not running away from people. And I, I don't know. Like that's my biggest stay away. Whereas like Zay Flowers, you know, smaller guy. I just think he's like a superb route runner. He is quick as all heck. If you're looking for a true slot receiver replacement for Cole Beasley, like Zay Flowers is the guy. I guess I guess we're approaching this with two different mindsets where I think I'm looking more so for a number two outside guy. Maybe you're more prioritizing uh, more consistency in the slot receiver. But I know that I'm looking at the way history has fallen, and I don't like the history uh, with players like Zay Flowers for the Bills. And by players like Zay Flowers, I mean players named Zay and players named Flowers. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say, the history of the name is not great yes. with the Bills. That's the his, a great point. The history of the name, like, I don't want to have to cheer and scream Zay again. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be... I don't like, want to deal with any hotel mm, basalt situation. Exactly. I'm just like, Zay, like, oh, jeez, no. That's too much. It's like I'm dating the same <laughs> named girl twice in a row. And then Flowers, <laughs> let us not forget, Eric Flowers, the draft that got me into the drafts. Yeah, he sucked. So, he was terrible. So, He's ter- yeah, that's all yep. I could say. He's terrible. Um, like I just look at Zay Flowers and and maybe Jordan Addison to a degree as two guys who are just super good route runners because they're extremely quick and that's why they bet probably best operate out of the slot. But what did I say throughout the season last year, Tony? Especially when when we play the Dolphins, I love how Mike McDaniel uses Tyreek Hill. If Ken Dorsey wants to put his mark on this offense, emulate what the Dolphins are doing on offense. And to do that, you need a weapon that's close to Tyreek Hill. I think the closest to Tyreek Hill is Zay Flowers. If he, if you just put him in the backfield and put him in motion and have him run and just be this fluid guy who doesn't line up pre-snap and nobody knows where he's going and nobody knows who to, who's guarding it, like, that could be an extremely valuable weapon for this offense and for Josh Allen. So I just don't see that in the Quentin Johnson. Now the well, other no, question is that's not who he is, right? He's not, he's, he's no more of the outside guy. The right. Right. I guess like my whole thing is just like out athlete, the other team, like be quicker, mm-hmm. be faster. You don't need to be the most physical. You just need to be the better athlete at this point. And I think that's probably why the Bengals like, Herb stomped us so bad. It's just because they had better athletes out there. Um, and we played like crap. But the other question, though, is uh-huh. what about a tight end? I'm not opposed, I suppose, depending on who's there. But I so feel in this, like in this case, we have Dalton of... Kincaid. We have Michael Mayer, who I think are the top two tight ends still available. Well, I mean, and we also have I mean, Darnell there Wright. Bijan Robinson is there. Let's we'll go through the available for the listeners here. And before this pick was Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Joey Porter, cornerback, Flowers, Addison, and Will McDonald were the last five picks. So back to tight end, though, Tony. Like when we talk about adding Josh weapon, or weapons for Josh Allen, running two tight end sets is very intriguing to me. I think that Dorsey wants to do it too. I do too. What? worked so successfully for the Patriots during the Hernandez and Gronkowski era. Like if he can emulate that with Knox and someone else, like Don Kincaid is probably the best athlete in the tight end class. I'd say 
like Michael Mayer seems mm-hmm. just like plug and play guy right away. Yeah. Maybe he's not the best athlete. Maybe he's not the fastest guy. Maybe he's not the best route runner, but he knows the position. He's excelled at the position. It just seems like he's a guy that will just come in and just, just be good. He's a very like high floor, maybe not the highest ceiling, but higher floor than other people for sure. Mm-hmm. But that always scares me when there's tight ends that are high floor tight end first round like that. I feel like they never work out. You know, I have like, I've mentioned this many times before. Like, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is, I heard that about OJ Howard. I heard that about Eric Ebron. Like, I feel like tight ends are always kinds of shots in the dark, but I also feel like tight ends take a long while to develop. And so that scares me off a little bit because there's, you know, there's not a big history of tight ends just getting drafted and making a splash right away. Yeah, true. I mean, it takes a special. We don't don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. (laughs) You don't have time. We need a guy who's good right now. Yeah, we do. I guess the other thing with like a Michael Mayer is as opposed to like a Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's more of like the hybrid wide receiver coming in at like 240. Like Michael Mayer's a big dude. Like he's 265. And kind of the same thing with like a Darnell Washington who visited the Bills recently, who has been on people's radar because he was silly athletic at the combine, making one handed catches and, and whatnot. But like those two guys, Mayer and, and Darnell Washington, are are essentially extra offensive linemen. And we saw last year in Ken Dorsey's offense, like he put Dawson Knox in line as a blocker a lot, like more than a lot, more than I ever cared to see Dawson Knox being a blocking type of role. If you can draft a Michael Mayer and he is not only a blocking tight end, but also a pass catching threat that frees up Dawson Knox to, to be the Dawson Knox we saw towards the end of last season, the Dawson Knox of old. Uh, that is a mismatch for other teams. So I don't totally oppose tight end at one. I could see a wide receiver. I could see a tight end. If we're going by what is available to us, Darnell Wright is a stud. Like he is, he might be the most sure offensive lineman in this draft besides like Paris Johnson. But Darnell Wright, who they've also visited with or had him for a visit, four year starter, plug and play. I mean, he took Will Anderson to school. Last year, Will Anderson is going to be one of the top 10, 15 picks in this draft from Alabama. That That's a huge upgrade. If your goal this offseason is to protect Josh, and no matter who you put at wide receiver, no matter who's the tight end, if Josh gets all the protection in the world, there's no stopping this offense. Darnell Wright is like a shoe-in for a pick. Matt, if you're trying to sell me to agree to Darnell Wright and banging on the table for Darnell Wright, you didn't have to try that hard. I'm looking at who's available. <laughs> I also think that in our mock draft here, Donald Wright is probably the correct pick. I would be a little tempted to go for Robinson a little bit. I am in the minority that I think I think it's kind of like a big swing. I think it's a gamble, but I think for the way our team is, like you got to take big swing gambles and hope that it and hope that it works out and pans out. Um, so I'm a little bit tempted on Robinson, but. Overall, I agree with their rankings that Darnell Wright is probably of higher value. So I'm I'm good with drafting Darnell Wright if that's what you want to do. Bijan Robinson is interesting. I mean, we haven't seen a, a running back talent like this since probably Saquon. I'm guessing mm-hmm. people being so mm-hmm. like enamored with this is a special talent talk. Um, yes. So if he's there for the Bills, which very well could be the case, not many 
running backs get drafted in the first round. I mean, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. But besides those two guys, I don't remember. I think those were the only two running backs drafted in the first rounds the past two years. The Bills could, I mean, he could be there for the Bills at 27. Right. And then if, then if that's the case, though, and this is my my dream, trade down. Get more picks. Trade back early second round. I think some a lot of guys that I like are going to be there. I think a lot of guys that are going to be on Brandon Bean's board are going to be there in the mid to late 30s. Because I think someone might want to jump up for a B. John Robinson for if one of those quarterbacks falls, like a Will Levis falls, to get that fifth-year option on these guys. So I think that'd be a dream scenario if if a guy like B. John Robinson falls and some team wants to jump up and take him. I just don't know if we were to take him, how he would fit. I mean, you find a way to fit a talent like that, no matter what. I'm just saying in terms of a roster construction, like you have Cook, you have Hines, you have Damian Harris only on a one-year deal, but still, I mean, that's a that's a good backfield on paper. Yeah. Like, what do you do with James Cook? You just plus if your offense is built on Josh Allen throwing 45 plus times a game, are you going to waste your first round pick on a guy who has 10 to 15 carries a game? And that's like probably max too. Is like because you need carries for James Cook, you need carries for Harris. Mm-hmm. I think there's other better ways to to spend that draft pick. If I if I were in the position right now, I agree with you. I would choose Darnell Wright and have Spencer Brown be your swing tackle depth guy. Or I would choose Michael Mayer. I really think like Ken Dorsey, you're right, wants to run a two end set. And Michael Mayer would be like the perfect guy to do that. So flip a coin, Darnell Wright, Michael Mayer. Would you go with Wright? I would. I think Wright's the pick then. Darnell I think Wright. Overall, Darnell Wright, I think, is the better, higher value. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. This is interesting. Now looking, now going into the second round here, a couple guys I really like taking early. I love Maisie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan. B.J. Ojolarji is an intriguing prospect, like his brother was coming out of college. He could be, especially if you're running like six edges like we are, like he could be a guy who could be in a situational role this this year and then once Epinesa leaves, leaves and Basham leaves, and Vaughn retires, he could he could take over there. Drew Sanders is a running as a linebacker who who I like out of Arkansas. He's on a lot of fans' radars. I don't know if he's on Bean's radar. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Campbell, of course, is is like the guy going at pick forty six here to the Patriots. Ugh, of course. But Jack Campbell is like the guy who might be the pick at twenty seven. He's been all the talk of Bill's Twitter, Bill's Mafia. He seems like the prototypical Sean McDermott guy. Like, right. High high motor, endless effort. Paul Puzzlesny on steroids, and Paul Puzzlesny might have been on steroids. So Paul Puzzlesny on more so steroids. No <laughs> but if you're looking for, and, and that's like the most glaring hole on the roster, right, is that second linebacker position next to Milano. So I think the biggest reason that the Bills might choose Jack Campbell in the first round is the fact that he's training with Luke Keekley. And we know how much Sean McDermott mm. and Brandon Bean love them some Luke Keekley. Like right. Adopted son level love for Luke Keekley. He's been at training camp as an invited guest coach the past two years. So if he takes Jack Campbell under his wing, I think that holds a lot of weight to this front office and this coaching staff. So that's why, despite him being 
Jack Campbell at is, is being in the 50s in terms of these quote-unquote experts rankings from like a big board standpoint, he could very well be the pick at 27 because I think he checks almost every box that, that a Sean McDermott draft pick would check. But in this case, he goes to the Patriots. Tony, what what if Jack Campbell's the pick at 27? Would Would you be okay with that? I would be okay with it. It would be kind of lackluster. It's not a sexy pick, but I'd be like, all right, let's go. I, I have no complaints. And in being, we trust. In being, we trust. That's right. Yeah, um, I have no, like, I would have no, I have no problem with Jack Campbell himself, but it's more about, you know, would there be uh, an offensive weapon there that I was more intrigued by, hmm. I guess would be the, the difference maker for me emotionally. It, it's what positions you hold at a premium, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I always struggle with wrapping my head around like, would I choose the fifth, sixth best receiver or could I go get potentially the best linebacker in the draft? Wouldn't I want the best linebacker? I mean, I think it depends. Like, yeah, I don't know how these ranking, like it depends on who they are. You can't just say like, it's not like the best wide receiver and the best linebacker are equally as good as each other. And, you know, rankings wise all the way down. Right, right. So another guy who seems to be Flying up the draft boards at linebacker, Dayon Henley from Washington State goes mm-hmm. at pick 54. These are the five picks before our pick here at 59 with the Bills. Antonio Johnson, safety, Texas A&M. Julius Brents, Kansas State cornerback. Isaiah Foskey, edge from Notre Dame, who I wouldn't touch. He, he's okay. I think he's another like AJ Epinesa kind of type guy. And then Tuli Tupuloto. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, edge from USC. So a couple edges go there. A couple linebackers. Also Darnell Washington, who the Bills recently had in for a visit. By the way, Darnell Washington, can we talk about him for a sec? Not only is he a great I athlete, feel like we did. Uh-huh. The photo you took of Buffalo during your visit, the moment you capture that is going to be saved on your phone that you could reminisce about was an empty parking lot, like a mile long, uh, a rotten banana peel in that parking lot and the house from Amityville horror. I think that is the moment Darnell Washington is going to remember. Like you couldn't take a picture of a plate of wings or I don't know, Chestnut Ridge park, like some nicer remembrance of the city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Now, I did not see me. this was, I did not there see this. So do you think he was doing it like, kind of as a joke or slash insult, like playing into the stereotype on Buffalo. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, well, that's not even like worth the risk. This guy is off my draft like, board. <laughs> yeah, right. He is so far down my draft board because of that. Um, yeah. Is it like the, the old, I don't even know if it's a true thing, but draft picks would always like get drafted by Buffalo and think Buffalo is just like snow and like, or never heard of Buffalo. <laughs> Is this right. just Darnell Washington just being so like naive to, hey, Buffalo does exist. Like, I'm just going to take a picture of this empty parking lot. And hey, there's a house with bill symbols, even though it looks like it's a halfway house and nobody's lived there for 20 <laughs> odd years. Like, that's uh-huh. unique. Like, no, it's not 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 my cup of tea, Darnell Washington. Sorry. That guy kind of rubbed me the wrong way, if you will. Uh, but available to us at 59, Nathaniel Tank Dell. A guy, a slot receiver out of Houston, I love. Dude just knows how to play football, knows how to read defenses, run the right route. Another, when I was explaining Zay Flowers as a great route runner, Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell is right in that category too. Really love Tank Dell. I'm not even going to like mention cornerbacks, Tony. 
Like, I don't think no. they draft a That's cornerback. That's the least. Like, I agree. That is the least of our concerns. You would hope Tredavious White is 100%, both physically and mentally, coming into the season. You have a first-round pick in, in waiting in Kyrie Elam, who I think has a lot to prove, coming off eh, a mediocre first season and not by his own doing, maybe by his own doing, but the coach is not playing him. And then Christian Bedford, who I thought was really good um, <laughs> before he got hurt. And then, uh, so I think, I think you have a lot of solid players. Dane Jackson has seen starting snaps. So I would be shocked if they drafted a cornerback anywhere. I could draft, see one even I mean, in the later oh, I rounds. could see one on day three. Maybe, but this, this early in round two, we're just not, even going to think about it. Also, since we just drafted uh, Darnell Wright, I, I don't think we go back to offensive line, even though there's a couple guys I really like. Luke Weipler from center from uh, Ohio State could be a perfect Mitch Morris replacement. Uh, also, Cody Mouch is just a mauler from North Dakota State. So those are two guys I really like. Joe Tittman as well, I think is a solid player at center as well. So if you're looking for some some Mitch Morse replacements. I think you can find them in round two. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go down the list here, Tony. Halfback, Zach Charbonnet, I think is a good player. I don't see us drafting him. Nick Herbig Not like that. is yeah. a, he's a scary prospect. I don't really know what he is. He's listed as an edge. I think he played linebacker at or more of a linebacker role at Wisconsin. I, I don't know what he is, and I guess it's like Isaiah Simmons a couple years ago for the Cardinals. It's like, is he a mm-hmm. linebacker? Is he a safety? He's a guy kind of like these wide receivers aren't classified as wide receivers anymore. They're weapons, <laughs> you know, offensive right. weapons or whatever. Like Nick Herbig kind of gives me those vibes. I don't know how well he's going to fit going down the list here though. Love Michael Wilson from Stanford. He's flying up draft boards. I saw him on early in this process as a day three guy, like a month ago fourth round, fifth round. I think he is projected in third round, maybe second round. A guy I really want to talk about, Saaki Ika, interior defensive lineman from Baylor. Watch the tape on this guy. He is a animal. Like He <laughs> wins battles. And he is huge, 6'3", over 330 pounds, but just quick as all heck. Great athlete. I, I would love this, considering our current defensive line interior defensive line, which we talked about. Not only are we running the same guys back, all those guys are not under contract next year. So I think this is an area you need to address early in the draft. And a guy like Siaki Ika, I think, is is a great pick. I also love Keanu Benton, Chiquan Roy from LSU as maybe a later round pick. But there's a lot of interior defensive linemen that I like in the second round, third round of this draft. Siaki Ika is... Maybe one of my favorites. He just bullies guys. And I think we kind of need that. I think we kind of need that grit, that kind of just aggressive attitude. I think looking at the playoff game last year against the Bengals, we just got bullied. We just got pushed around and they took it to us, much like they did in the regular season game before the Hamlet incident. Like they just were the aggressors. I think you need a guy in the interior defensive line to to kind of set that standard. And Ika can be one of those guys. I agree. I look to him. This is why I'm I'm like one of many that thinks trading down would be optimal because yes. I'm like like there's positions that we really need that we are just like starving for and then there's positions of need that we need to we really like we need to address if we're smart and defensive tackle is one of them and it's like where do you fit in a defensive tackle with these needs that we have 
that we're truly starving for. And if I'm doing a mock draft, I always try to work in how can I get a defensive tackle in here? Where can I get a quality defensive tackle in here? But it sucks because it's like there's just never enough picks for the area in the draft, which I think is like a day two or maybe around four at the start of day three. It's like when, when, like I, I got to get it in here somehow. But I also have these needs. Right. I, I'm okay with if we look at our the available players here. Ika, I really like. Wilson, I, I like a lot. You know, bigger guy, 6'2", over 210. Yeah. Go up and get it kind of guy. I think he was at the senior bowl and he impressed and we know brandon bean loves him some senior bowl guys so michael wilson could be a pick here and if you're looking for that slot receiver as we mentioned with zay flowers and addison they replace him for cole beasley tank dell is like i said an excellent player like he's not gonna wow you with his speed or his physicality but much like Zay Flowers, like he's just quick as all hack. He understands coverage schemes. He knows when to sit in the zone and and where to be. Like he could be a great weapon for Josh Allen. So Tony, I'm good with any of those three. I don't think we go back to offensive line, even though I like Whiteboard. I like Mouch. Could you make it so that I just see linebackers? Mm. Trent Simpson's still there. I really like Trent Simpson linebacker. I'm so do I. I. I think when I look back at Tremaine Edmonds. The one thing I was missing was the pure sideline to sideline guy. Like Tremaine had the athleticism to be that. I don't think he ever utilized that athleticism to his advantage. And he always got kind of swallowed up in blocks and didn't use his speed and quickness to kind of get around those blocks and make the play that I thought he should make. Trent Simpson, when I look at him, the guy gets after it. That is speed for days. Like, he he might not be as big as Tremaine, but he's going to use his athleticism to his advantage. He is explosive. He is fluid. He sees the ball, and he is there in like a second. Like just flashes. I really like Trent Simpson. Is this too early for him though? This is the this is the old trope of it might be too early, but if you wait on him, he might not be there. I know. That's. I mean, I he do would be okay. certainly. I would be okay with it. We need it. We need a linebacker. I'd be okay with it. I know. I, I am 50-50 on Simpson or Dell, and I, and I just, and I don't know. The thing know. is with, with linebacker, like, when I see Trent Simpson and, like, I like Trent Simpson, and I like, again, I'm going to butcher his name, Henry Tutu, I think is his, from Alabama. Yeah, I know what you mean, not, yeah. Not, he's not a second-round guy, but if he's, like, a fourth-round guy, kind of like a Matt Milano, kind of underrated, if you will, even though he went to Alabama. I still think, like, he's a guy who just... He made an impact whenever he was out there. Past that, linebacker is not great in this draft. I really like Simpson, and if you're looking to replace and get a starting caliber linebacker, I think kind of the cutoff is Simpson. Kind of like the Dawson Knox yeah. draft where Bean went up because he thought Dawson Knox was like really the cutoff in terms of quality starting caliber tight ends. Could be the same case for Simpson here. If you're looking for a quality starting linebacker and you're dead set on getting that and the way this board fell, Simpson seems to be the cutoff. So I'd be okay taking Simpson. You want to go with that? Mm-hmm. It's 100% up to you. Simpson or Dell, 100% up I'll to you. I'll go with Simpson here. I'll go with Simpson because okay. I, I, I like All right. I like Dell. I also like some receivers. I like a Marvin Mims. I like a Keyshawn yeah. Booty. I, I think there's some depth there. Same thing with defensive, uh, interior defensive line. I like Ika, but there's some depth there, as I mentioned before. So let's let's go with Simpson because, like I said, once Simpson is taken, I'd, I'd 
don't like a lot of other guys. So Simpson is going to be the pick. Get the monkey off, off our backs. The monkey of we need a linebacker. Can we stop talking about linebacker now? Uh, Tony, you don't have to worry round, about it anymore. It's done. Final pick of this mock. See, guy like Marvin Mims. Love Marvin Mims. And Tank yep. Dell actually went Lost him. three. So maybe you could go up and get a Tank Dell if you, if you, that's a really a guy in this case you really wanted. But look at this. Michael Wilson still there. If you're looking yep. for a receiver, yeah. really like Michael Wilson. And then you look at the defensive interior. Kobe Turner. Morrow's there. Morrow Jojo. Jaquan Roy. Like all these guys. Um, so the depth did did play out. I like all these guys. But I need a receiver. And um, like I said, maybe Gabe Davis isn't the true wide receiver two you're looking for. Could Michael Wilson be that guy? His stock has skyrocketed over the past month. He's just a playmaker. Like he just makes plays. I I would like Michael Wilson here. I honestly not seen really any. I like Kobe Turner, interior defense alignment for Wake Forest. Those those would be my two guys here that I would go for. Keishawn Booty, I think you can get in the fourth round. So I kind of sit on that. Although I like him. Mm-hmm. What what, are you, what are your thoughts there. Here, Tony? We, had, we I saw Shoemaker there. We had Shoemaker in for a visit. Like part of me, yeah. Is let's thinking, look at tight ends here. Yep, part of me Tucker, is thinking Tucker Craft is a guy who's a super athlete, um, six five, two fifty, moves like a gazelle or a jackrabbit, I guess, because he went to South Dakota. Uh, right. Um, in, intriguing prospect. I don't know if he's like a plug and play day one starter. He could be. Uh, Shoemaker, they had him for a visit, like you mentioned. Zach Koontz from Old Dominion is another small school guy who is getting a lot of buzz. Um, Big jump though, down to. Down to Koontz's value. Yeah. Shoemaker's interesting. Um, kind of scares me a little because okay. I don't I don't know if there's a, a stigma with Michigan tight ends, but looking at you, Jake Butt. Jake Butt kind of had mm-hmm. that buzz pre-draft going into his final year of college and you know, injuries aside and everything, like he's done literally nothing in the NFL. Not saying shoemaker would succumb to the, the same unfortunate circumstances Jake Butt has, but I don't know. Is, it, is there some kind of the curse on Michigan tight ends? It scares me a little. I, also, I feel like it does kind of like happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe is kind of, maybe that's what Dorsey wants. Yeah. I just like, he caught 35 I mean, balls I mean, last year. Right. Like, eh, is that great? No. <laughs> I think tight end is a consideration. I think overall, yeah. I'm still more into the idea of Michael Wilson, considering what we've drafted so far. Michael Wilson's only thing is injury history. He's only played yeah. 14 games in the past three seasons. So um, it's a risky pick. Uh, it's it's a high risk, high reward, which I don't know if Brandon Bean, that, that's his MO. I, that, that's the only thing that would scare me. Could we do a Tucker Craft? I mean, he's a super athletic tight end, a small school guy. So doesn't get the the notoriety of of these power mm-hmm. five conference school players. He could be he could be a weapon. I wish Tank Again, I wish Tank Dell would have lasted or Marvin. I, I would have loved if Marvin Mims lasted two more picks, he got taken by the Giants. Oh, yeah, two same. Picks I like this. Marvin Mims. I would Again, have immediately been like Marvin Mims, that's a pick. The history here. Tight ends named Kraft. <laughs> Not great. So, Not great. Bob Kraft. Another T another T Kraft. Shady guy. I know. Robert Kraft. Mac and cheese, the whole thing. I got um, history with the craft last name. If you're, what, if you're what, a scientist, where, where's your head? At here? 
my head is more towards Michael Wilson, but I am like me too. Fifty-one percent Michael Wilson, forty-nine percent tight end. If you're thinking tight end, I think Michael Wilson is is okay worth a risk. Rock and I think roll his, his talents outweigh the the risks in this case. Plus, our top of the line training staff at One Bills Drive will help him immensely. Right, very true. As soon as he gets that <laughs> organic catch up, he's never getting injured again. Yeah, he's he's good. <laughs> So those are our three picks. Darnell Wright in the first round. Uh, Trenton Simpson filling our vacant linebacker starting position in the second round. Then Michael Wilson in the third round. I'd be happy with that. I'd be totally happy with that. I was um, just going to say, I don't like, know if- how, how, could I, how could I feel anything but great going to sleep on Friday night with those three picks behind me? Right. I'd be, I mean, I'd, I'd be, be like super I'd be, thrilled. Me too. I would be more than thrilled. Yeah. Uh, so I think we did good. Here, Tony, no, good no. job. Good. good job to you. <laughs> the thing with this draft is like, I don't know if there's a ton of like can't miss top end talent. I think there's a lot of depth to be found here and there's a lot of good players yeah. I like. So that's why I'm all for trading down in the end. If that's the move that is available to me, and that's what I would take because if we can get an extra second round pick or, you know, maybe third, three third round picks, like go the Patriots way and trade down, trade down, trade down and just get draft capital because I think there's a lot of depth in this draft. And I think you can find some, you know, Matt Milano diamonds in the rough in the later rounds here. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think we did good. I think we did good with our first three rounds. Uh, listeners, we'll put the draft on Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts are. So that is our 2023 witty, not funny mock draft for the bills. I like it. We filled some starting roles. Tony, what do you say we wrap it up though? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. The weather is turning. We finally, I think we were at 75 today. It's starting to feel like spring slash summer. You need to keep your drinks cold. Get a traveling growler koozie. For these hot summer months will keep your drinks refreshingly cold. Uh, www.travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Actually, apparel store, podcast, or whatever you want to call it. Find all your cool designs, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Or Google search teespring, Witty Not Funny, all one word. It'll be the first result there check out all the cool designs hoodies crewnecks long sleeves t-shirts we got them all we just released the newest design in honor of the goalie that's going to break our playoff drought for the savers devin levi little levi jeans owed there to our new goalie devin levi so check that new out new design out as well as all the other designs in the podcast store and support the podcast by uh by buying a piece of clothing and you'll be uh as cool as we are we're not cool but you'll be cooler than us um speak for yourself man. Find, speak for yourself you're Dip cool shit. tony I'm, I'm not i got two kids i'm far from cool uh, <laughs> uh where you can find the podcast you can find the podcast at or in wherever you find podcasts to listen to for free it's not like i haven't done this for 124 episodes wherever you find podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify Search Built in Buffalo. Search Way Not Funny. If you like us, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Leave us some stars. Witty Not Funny, all one word, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Uh, Twitter handles. Tony, welcome back to Twitter. How's it feel? Uh, I have not gotten back. I have not downloaded the app. I am still perfectly <laughs> content to not be on it. You are a stronger, stronger man than a lot of people out there. <laughs> I went on. I went on the other. I went on the other social medias. Oh, did you? And it's they're fine. Yeah, fine. I brought I brought the other ones in. Like I got Instagram back, but I didn't. I didn't break the ice on back on Twitter yet. What what's what's the new Sprout? Is that one? Oh, not one I'm familiar with. I don't know. What's it called? Sprout Spoutable. Oh, Spoutable. Okay. Spoutable. Maybe I'll get on it. Check it out. Check it out. We're not on it, but I've heard of it. It's like a Twitter alternative because Twitter is going to crap. I'm getting like things on my timeline of people I'm not even following or have no interest. (laughs) It's just Mm -hmm. random. (laughs) It's awful now. (laughs) Um, But we're on Twitter. If you're on Twitter too, follow us at Woody Sports 716. Hit that follow. We fall back. We love connecting with Buffalo sports community, Sabre source people, Bill's Mafia. Hit that follow button. Join the witty nation. Uh, and finally, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? Ooh. Well, man, I'm going to give you a well wish uh, if I could. Please do. And well wishes to you with what I say. Go Bills. And, and by Bills. Bills, I mean your version of the Retro Bowl Bills. Yes. Uh yes. Thank you. That that means a lot. Uh huh. To have your oh, your, you know. your blessing on my retro bowl team. I'm assuming you're. I'm assuming you're playing with the Bills. So I I only play with but like any sports video game that has a Buffalo team on. Yeah. I only yeah. will play with that Buffalo of team. Of course. If it's any well. if it's NHL and I'm playing online, I am always the Sabers. I don't care if they're the worst ranked team. Hmm. In the game, I will always be the Sabers. That is how. Can agree more. Got to do it. Committed, I am. Got to do it. You can't. You can't be anything else. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. my retro bowl team uh, appreciates your your kind words there. <laughs> and as I always say, go Bills, and of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Real life Bills. Goodbye. Bye. Yes, go real life Bye. Bills. Bye. Later. Retro bowl. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.